Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bring in Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. Greg, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, man. Excited to talk to you. We have not conversed in a while. There's been so much that happened um, since the last time we talked. Um, you know, Cavs uh, start their, you know, season off on the road in Toronto. Uh, you know, Darius Garland gets hurt a little bit. We didn't get an opportunity to kind of see those two guys, Darius Garland and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell, play in the backcourt. But we also did get to see something. Well, we see what, what Donovan Mitchell can do um, with the ball in his hands, e- even though he's not as comfortable as he would like to and will be with the rest of his teammates. But we we saw just how dynamic he could be as far as being a scorer. Uh, what were your th- overall impressions of Donovan Mitchell in his first game? I I thought he looked even better than I thought he would. And I, I you know, I thought he'd have a good, strong first game just because of the, the person he is, the player he is. But, you know, with him having to step up a little bit more in the second half with no Darius, um, I thought he looked good as a scorer. I thought he looked good as a playmaker. Um, the three-point shot wasn't falling, but everything else was. Just his craftiness around the rim when he gets into the paint it's like you know you you don't know what to expect he's so good at you know either with the euro step or just using his body contorting it um getting in kind of uh, using his strength to bounce off guys and finish around the rim or like we saw you know he would just draw that extra defender in the paint you'd have jetty osmond off in the corner got him going 13 points in the first half um i just that's i mean that's exactly what this Cavs team needed they just needed that second offensive threat because they were in that game that whole time. They could have easily beat Toronto on the road, you know, with this new lineup with no Darius Garland because of a guy like Donovan. Whereas last year, if you would have, that same thing would have happened. Darius would have had his eye injury, had to leave for the game. I mean, they probably would have lost by 15 points because they would have had nobody else, you know, that would have been a reliable scorer and playmaker for him. So I, I just thought Donovan looked fantastic in his first game. And, you know, for him just getting his feet wet and getting used to, playing with these guys, I thought that was a really great debut for him. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I just – the way he just – you know, it was like he was already in midseason form. Like, the way he got to the basket, just being able to get there almost at will. Um, I, I just thought he looked really great. And I, I was just imagining um, what this thing is going to look like after, you know, we get a situation where, um, you know, you get Darius Garland and him playing together. Speaking of Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell um, – Obviously, we we only saw a quarter of it. Really can't make any assessments off of that. But what do you what have you noticed? You know, just from practices, from different things and covering the team. What is the upside for that 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 duo in the backcourt? Um, and what's some stuff that they're going to have to work on um, to get to that place? 
Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've never worried about the transition, you know, starting the season going into this. Um, I asked Darius at media day, you know, is he kind of had the green light last year, whereas he, he averaged over 17 shots a game most of his career. Um, a lot of games he was taking over 20, 20 to 25 shots a game. And I said, did you like that? Or did you, you know, did it get a little uh, tiresome at times? Like, whoa, man, I got to do everything. Um, and he said that last year the coaching staff had to encourage him to shoot because that's not what he naturally wants to do. He wants to be a playmaker. He wants to be a passer. He wants to get other guys involved. And he said his teammates and the coaching staff would just have to get on and say, you, you got to shoot. We, we need you to shoot. Um, and he doesn't have to be that guy anymore. And so I thought he all along he'd be comfortable letting Donovan be the number one offensive option on this team, and he could go back and be the primary playmaker. But, I mean, it's not going to be like Donovan's going to be the number one scorer every night. Um, they're going to take turns. It's, it's going to be whoever has the hot hand. Some nights it's going to be Donovan. Some nights it's going to be Darius. Some nights it's going to be Evans. Some nights it's going to be Karras. Um, and that's just such a wonderful thing to have all these options. Whereas last year, it's like, okay, if Donovan does, or if Darius doesn't get us 20 and 10, we don't have a chance to win. And uh, this year, I think that's the benefit is now you have all these different guys that can, can step up and, and score and lead your team in scoring. Whereas last year, you, you didn't have that many options. So I, it, I don't see it being an issue at all. Uh, these guys worked out together in the summer. They played in the Miami uh, pro league, they got a little bit of experience together. I, I think as soon as Darius gets back from his eye injury, um, it's going to be like, you, you know, just they didn't lose any time. I think they're going to be a seamless transition and they're going to be fine together. You said something, um, and, and you almost went to where I w- was at. Um, I'll start with uh, the first thing that really piqued my interest in what you just said. Karis LeVert, you said you might he might be a leading scorer. I thought Karis LeVert to to me, he showed a, a little something that a lot of people, including myself, didn't see last year, didn't know he had. He's he's been a facilitator. He dropped a couple passes. Um, he looked comfortable in his role at three. Uh, you know, he didn't really give you, you know, a 20-point game, but he showed some glimpses of being a better, you know, playmaker than than what we've seen traditionally. It, it, is that role something JB is going to you know, try Isaac Okorowat or Jetty Osmond, or do you think that Karis LeVert is going to be able to hold down that three position um, for the Cavs? See, I actually don't like Karis LeVert as a starting small forward, just because we already have two guys in the starting lineup that can handle the ball, that can score, that can pass. And you look at the bench right now, and with Ricky Rubio out, there's really nobody, um, you know, Jetty can give you a little bit of playmaking. Um, Hulneto's kind of like your emergency point guard. He, he was pretty bad in his limited minutes the first game. I think he's just kind of your deep reserve that, you know, normally is not going to be in the rotation. I would love to see Karras off the bench. I think that's where we need him. Um, there was a play, I, I forget, his first quarter, second quarter, where, you know, they gave the ball to Isaac Okoro. He's trying to bring the ball up the floor. He gets pressured by Fred Van Vliet. He, I mean, he's, he's not that good of a ball handler. Uh, Van Vliet pressures him, knocks the ball away, they get a steal, they get easy two points, and I'm like, this is not the role that Isaac Okoro should be in. Uh, he should not be handling the ball. He should not be bringing the ball off the floor. Um, I would love to see Isaac as a starting small forward where, okay, you could just say, all right, you're going to defend, you're going to hit corner threes, you're going to set screens, you're going to cut. That's all we need you to do. We're going to put you next to Darius and Donovan to start games. You don't have to do anything else. And that way, if you bring Karras as kind of like your sixth man off the bench, especially when you don't have Rubio, 
Now you've got a guy that could be your primary playmaker. I mean, Levert had seven assists in the first game. Um, he hit a couple threes. The rest of his shots weren't really falling, but he's a guy that, you know, you can have bring the ball up the floor. He's a guy that can be your primary facilitator in the second unit. So I know JB's plan is to always have either one of Donovan or Darius on the floor at all times. But, you know, if you look at tonight when they play Chicago, they're not going to have Darius. So, again, I would love to see Karras be in that second unit just to kind of stagger those playmakers um, and let Isaac be the starting small forward and, you know, just kind of simplify his role. Talking to Greg Schwartz on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, he's the beat reporter for the Cleveland Cavaliers for Beach, uh, Bleacher Report. Um, looking at it, the second thing that I really want to, you know, get, dig down into is, is Evan Mobley, like you said. Um, you know, one of the callers uh, just said that, you know, he, they would like to see him be more aggressive. Had, had nine shots. He did show some range, and, and it was in – he did hit some threes. And I, and from what I've seen on the – you know, just taking a look at some of the workouts, he's – I see the video, he's working out with Kevin Durant, guarding him, bringing the ball up to court, shooting the ball from um, range. Um, I think that's another big evolution in this game is, is if he can he can consistently move his his three uh, point shooting for, uh, field goal percentage up um, and get that thing to thirty six thirty seven percent you know trending somewhere up I think that's a big thing for him uh, when you watch the game and you th- you see this thing playing out I think that it may be a little difficult for Evan Mobley to figure out where he he's going to take his shots or where he's going to be aggressive, given the fact that you add a new ball handler and another dominant scorer to the team. Now it's kind of like, okay, well, where do I pick my spots? How do I get my points? Uh, do you think it's, it's a difficult thing for Mobley moving forward to kind of figure out where in the office he gets his shots? Yeah, that'll come with time. You know, I mean, it's only been one game and he's not, I mean, if you know Evan, he's the least aggressive person you'll ever meet. He's the most soft-spoken star, soon-to-be superstar that that you'll – he's just a super quiet guy. Um, So I can't see him, like, out there just screaming for the ball and demanding it and yelling at Donovan Mitchell, you know, pass me the ball. I want to shoot. I don't think that's going to happen. So I thought the Cavs did a good job of trying to run run things through him early in the game. Um, he was letting that three-point shot fly at the start of the game, which I, I love to see. You want to sh- see him shoot that with confidence. Um, in the preseason media day, he was talking about how he was going to be on the perimeter a lot more this year. He worked on his three-point shooting a lot more this year or in, in the summer in the off season. So, um, I mean, he still finished with 14 points. It wasn't bad, but I would have liked to see them. The way they went to him early in the game, I want to see that throughout the entire game. And I get it, like, you know, Darius goes down, you're kind of like riding on Donovan, and, and, you know, you're not really focusing on on Evan or who's getting shots. You're just trying to win the game at that point. But I think as the season goes along, you've got to make Evan a focal point of this offense, too. It's got to be Donovan, Darius, and Evan. And then, you know, Karras will get his shots, and Kevin will get his shots. But those are the three guys that have to run this offense. Um, This team only becomes a championship contender, and I really believe this. They're only a title contender if Evan can become a top-ten player in the NBA, if he can make the superstar jump. I don't think Donovan is going to be a number one on a championship team, and I I say that with the utmost respect. He's a really good player. He's an all-star. I think he's best suited as a number two. Um, I kind of compare it to this. If If you can picture Evan Mobley, and, you know, younger viewers might have to get on YouTube, but 
go back and watch like prime Kevin Garnett with like the Minnesota Timberwolves um, when they had Sam Cassell and they had these, these they had good players around. Sprewell, Sam Cassell. Right, Charles Sprewell. And I think they made a Western Conference Finals. But if you take prime Kevin Garnett and you gave him a Darius Garland and you gave him a Donovan Mitchell and you gave him a Jared Allen, holy cow, that would have been a championship team. So I think that's where this Cavs team is going. If Evan could be that top 10 guy, that superstar, he's going to get you 20 and 10 a game. He's going to play elite defense. Only then does this team rise to a championship level. So I think that's what you need to kind of build towards this year. Uh, l- let's talk about uh, some other team. I always enjoy doing this with you. Um, and it's it's kind of looking at a way too early thing or, or predictions of um, how teams are going to be. Um, I got one bold prediction. Some I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a bold prediction, and you tell me if it'll happen or it won't happen. All right. Um, looking at the Lakers, I think it's going to be a struggle for them to make the playoffs. I, I think that they might be a play-in victim, and they might just straight up miss the playoffs. Your thoughts? Uh, I had them as either ninth or tenth in my uh, preseason projections, which would be in the play-in tournament. I love to see them fail. Maybe that is being a bad uh, <laughs> media member, but the fact that um, LeBron has just blindly trusted them to put the right team around him, and they have failed over and over and over again. Uh, the fact that they didn't do anything with Westbrook in the offseason, they thought, yeah, we'll just run this back and it'll be fine. And then Westbrook goes 0 for 11 in game two, and they lose again, I thought was hilarious. Um, the fact that their point guards went 1 for 25 shooting in game two, and they lost, I thought that was hilarious. Um, the fact that LeBron, after game one, is already complaining that this roster doesn't have enough shooting. Um, well, I, I hate to tell you this, bud, but you were the one that signed the contract extension this offseason. You didn't have to do that. Uh, you could have put a lot of pressure on the organization, like you did with the Cavs, every single year to improve the roster. But, no, he's just blindly signed these extensions and saying he trusts the Lakers to do the right thing. He trusts them. It's still a terrible roster around him. Uh, you can get a really good Anthony Davis and a really good LeBron, and you look at the bench, and it is horrible. I mean, you have Matt Ryan, who uh, was out of the league last year, playing real rotation minutes for you because you have no other shooting options. So, uh, I mean, the Lakers, they're off to an 0-2 start. I, I think they're a playing team at best. I don't trust LeBron to stay healthy throughout the whole year with his age. I don't trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy throughout the whole year. The Russell Westbrook situation is a disaster. I think it's a team that is going to be lucky to make the playing tournament, but I mean they're not even close to sniffing a championship at this point. Yeah, it, 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 I think when he signed that extension, I think that might have been him signaling that he's no longer really trying to pursue a championship at the highest level. Because I think no. I, I think that's done for him. I think he's he's turned the page on it, and now it's just about. You know, playing with his son, getting getting the champion, not being the scoring all time scoring leader, and doing things like that, and working on his business uh, acumen. But I, I think he that with that signing, I think he said, mm, "I'm not really in it to be competitive anymore at this point." Um, no. let, let me ask. Uh, let's get to this. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I, the Brooklyn Nets will struggle um, all year. And there will be more turmoil uh, between them and uh, Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons eventually misses a bunch of time this year. 
I mean, you could pick any one of those top three guys and say, yeah, they're probably going to miss a bunch of time this year. Uh, either it's going to be, you know, Ben Simmons back flares up or, I mean, Durant's going to be, or Durant just turned 34. Um, you know, he's missed a handful or a, a big chunk of the season the last couple of years. Kyrie, either via injury or, you know, just taking time away for whatever reason he wants to come up with. Yeah, I mean, you could throw a dart at any of their superstars and say, yeah, this guy's probably going to miss some time. Um, in game one against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, they got smacked. They gave up 130 points. Um, I think bigger teams like that, that, you know, they had Zion and, and Jonas Valanciunas. Um, those guys couldn't guard. Uh, they didn't have the height. They didn't have the size to guard those guys. I think they're going to struggle against bigger teams. They didn't do a whole lot to address the center position after they lost Andre Drummond. Um, Brooklyn is, I think I picked them as maybe sixth or seventh in the East. I don't think they're going to be one of the elite teams. Um, you're going into the season knowing if you're Steve Nash, that your star player wanted you to be fired in the off season. Uh, I just feel like if they hit some adversity, if they lose three, four, five games in a row, who is the leader in that locker room that's going to bring them back, that's going to rally them? Uh, is it going to be the guy that wanted the, the head coach and the GM fired? Is, is that going to be the guy that's getting the team to come together? Um, I mean, all the talent in the world on that roster, I just don't believe in them, and I, I don't think they're going to be one of the, the elite teams in the East this year. All right, one last question before we get you out there. Uh, I got uh, Golden State versus Milwaukee in the finals. Uh, and I have the uh, and I have uh, Golden State winning. What your thoughts? Oh my God, we we're almost exactly the same. Um, <laughs> and I'll I'll de- I put these on my Twitter account, so I'm not just making right. this up. Um, I ha- I also have Golden State and Milwaukee in the finals. I think Golden State could even be better than they were last year. But if Milwaukee's healthy and they have Chris Middleton and they have Giannis and they have Drew Holiday and they're a team that I think could make a move at the trade deadline, too. Joe Ingles comes back to the playoffs. Uh, I'm still taking Milwaukee because okay. of Giannis. And I, I don't know who on Golden State is going to stop him. Uh, I think that could be a seven-game series. But you and I are on the same page. I have those two, those two same teams. And I have Milwaukee winning their second title in three years. Sounds good, man. Great minds think alike. Great minds That's right. That's think right. alike, my man. Greg, I appreciate you. We'll check back in with you as the season goes along. Thanks for uh, coming on with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.